Hey there, fellow conductors of the metaphysical examination, and welcome to the crosser for the week of, uh, wow, this is the first week of April 2017. This is no April Fool's. This is a real live crosser. This is not fake news. But hey, we got a great show coming up for you guys. We have a little bit of news. We're going to do some rapid fire news, and then we're stepping back into the cyclotron for the first time in a long while. We're going to talk about Ghostbusters 101 issue number one. Stay tuned. StillPlayingWithToys.net presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad The biggest podcast since 1909 So free News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters Are you the key master? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart Don't look at me, I think these people are completely nuts You haven't watched any of the episodes on Netflix yet, though, right? Uh, no, I haven't had time no. yet. Okay. Um, I, I literally, everybody's like, Netflix! So I literally, all I had time for, I had a bad day. Oh, no, man. <laughs> our, I'm sorry. Ser- we lost access to our server, our work server, Ooh. which uh, oh, means, boy. it means very little for the world. So, like, our face to the world was, was still up and running, but it the same server also hosts um, our file sharing. And that's... Oh boy! So yeah, builds and oh. I had a, yeah an office full of guys going. I can't work, and I'm like, no, oh, no. Try and do something at least. I'm going home. Don't go home. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. Well, uh... where's that IT guy? But anyway, so I'm sitting there in the midst of all this, and everybody's like, <laughs> so on my phone, I fired up Netflix and searched for it, and sure enough, there it was. Um, yeah. Available in Canada, yeah, and and the UK, and well, we're gonna get into it. We've got so we've got some news coming up here. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. so uh, hey, everybody, welcome to the Crossrip. We are uh, unbelievably excited to once again be opening up the uh, Cyclotron for a roundtable discussion here about Ghostbusters 101, issue number one. Uh, That is coming up uh, just in a a brief minute here, but we're gonna do some rapid fire news because there are some newsworthy. Uh, hot items that are happening this week that we want to make sure that we talk about before we get into the cyclotron um and poor chris uh i'm sorry man that sucks uh we're gonna get you out of here oh no i got it sorted it's fine it was just a real kind of well, and, <laughs> I like Fridays to be less stressed. Exactly, that. exactly. And I don't want you crying, okay? There's no crying in <laughs> podcasting. Chris I would Stewart. like to lay down a little bit of wisdom here. I, I don't have a name for it yet, but it's the I've I've realized that there's uh, an internet equivalent to Murphy's Law. If anybody wants to come up with a name for it, you name it. But basically, it says that if something's going to go wrong, uh, IT-wise, at uh, I'm assuming it applies everywhere, but let's just say for work. If something's going to go wrong uh, with IT at, at your job, uh, that's the time, you know, two or more other things in IT will also go wrong. Right. Everything thus breaks. Me- well, no, thus making it nearly impossible for you to untangle if they're related to the same issue or not. Uh. And in my case, it turned out, as we went digging and we started poking things, some stuff, uh, you know, uh, uh, fell to the wayside uh, while we we're trying to solve problem number one because we were trying to solve problem number one, and others were just things that decided now is a good time. Let's yeah. just do it. And it's Why like, not? Oh, uh, it drives me nuts. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's take your mind off of it by talking some Ghostbusters news, and uh, we'll we'll bring in uh, our guest, Mr. John Yurkaba, to to join us in the cyclotron in a little bit here. 
for for some Ghostbusters 101 discussion. So, without any further ado, let's get into the news. Here we go. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. I, I thought you I thought you said rapid fire news and I, when you started to say it I thought you said we were going to wrap the news and I'm like well this is a new one I'm game I wish you'd given me some heads up uh well I figured you know everybody loves Hamilton uh we need to put a spin on our podcast and uh see where it where it winds up but no I no we're not going to I can the news. I can spit some rhymes I can't spit some rhymes let's just uh, <laughs> Right. Let's just do it the old-fashioned we'll way. We'll do it the old-fashioned way. We're going to do it the old-fashioned, fast, rapid-fire way because we do want to get to the <laughs> Ghostbusters uh, IDW chat. But <laughs> This uh, time of night, if you ask me to wrap the news, it'll default to, like, 1981. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> my name is Chris, and I'm here to say oh, no. I'm going to wrap the news in a whole new way. Uh, rapping, oh, boy. Rapping. Rap, rap, All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, Netflix, we were talking about at the top of the show here. Yes. <laughs> um, Let's so start if, there, because that's today's news. It's literally, literally today's out of news. the blue. Yeah, this was something that was unexpected. Um, also a little questionable, which I know we were saying this is rapid fire, but it does warrant some uh, discussion. So, uh, uh, a little bit. So th- three seasons, two seasons. How many seasons of real Ghostbusters? Uh, but I'm bearing the lead. Uh, Real Ghostbusters <laughs> is available on Netflix now. Uh, in I feel like every territory. It seems like we we heard in no. from uh, the UK, uh, Mexico, Canada. Mexico's obviously, de- Mexico doesn't have it. Mexico Just does not time. have it. Oh, no. I thought Mexico did have it. No, um, Canada got it. Uh, U.S. got it. U.K. got it because the Welsh Ghostbusters. Uh, 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 confirm that for us, which led me to believe that it meant all the English markets got it. Oh, okay. Uh, so, but then just to make things confusing, uh, a reader on Twitter from uh, Indonesia said, "We got it." Huh. Like, wait, what? Now that said, <coughs> do they not have one of the theme parks? Uh, you are correct. Yeah, they had. Yeah. They had one of the like haunted house attractions, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so that makes a certain amount of sense. So, so why theory, didn't Germany get it then? Because well, it, it's yeah, not translated just, into German yeah, yet? I wonder. Quite possibly. Hmm. Um, Australia wasn't awake at the time, uh, so I haven't heard from them yet. I'm assuming Australia probably has it. Um, yeah, but who knows? Um, it may be coming into yeah. Germany. Who knows? So and it's it's the first two seasons, right? Is that no, no? Okay. Okay. Is that what you saw? Oh, this is just going to be all sorts of confusing. Oh boy! According to Netflix, when I fired it up, it's in so much as Ghostbusters was not released in a normal season, right? Way because it was a syndicated package to begin with, and then went to TV, and then back to a syndicated package. Is that right? I can't quite remember. Yes, it went to ABC and then I think it ended on ABC, if I remember. Okay. Right. So yeah. maybe it was it was the one big syndicated package to begin with and then to ABC. Uh but <coughs> pardon me. Um Netflix calls it five Netflix only divides things into seasons. Uh, right. So they they uh, mine said five seasons. Huh. Which corresponds with the number of uh volumes in the recent DVD release, right. is it not? 
Uh, you are cr- uh, well. There's now on iTunes. There's ten volumes. There's a ton out. So oh, maybe that's boy. maybe that's to correspond with the digital because re- th- this is the reason that I said that it warranted discussion because it seems like a questionable decision to put everything on Netflix when you're trying to sell these new DVDs and this digital release on iTunes that just came out. But you know maybe that's it. They're putting the first uh, let's see five times twenty two episodes. No, it, w- it was more than twenty two. That's a lot of episodes. Uh, well, I'd fire up Netflix, but uh, I don't. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're skyping. Interfere. Yeah. Um, but so so at any rate, uh, real Ghostbusters episodes are to be had on Netflix. Uh, good chance if you're listening to this, it, it is probably available to you. Uh, yep. That happened just today, so that's that's good news. If you need to catch up on some real Ghostbusters, or if you you know you're just sitting and you don't know what to watch uh, on Netflix one night, and now you have some <laughs> Ghostbusters that you can choose as well. Or as one person put it, now I don't have to change the discs. Yes, I'm lazy. <laughs> I'm just that lazy, yeah. I'm just that lazy. I do know people that uh, that own Blu-ray discs and uh, they still buy the, the whatever it is, $1.99 rental because they don't want to get up off the couch. Um, yeah. it's, it's been discussed on a couple other podcasts. Uh, I think the Monster Squad guys and a couple other ones have mentioned the phenomena of I own this on DVD. I know I have this on DVD, and I've run into it on channel surfing, and I will still stop watching. Well, yeah. <laughs> Why am I watching this on TBS with commercial breaks? It doesn't make any exactly. sense. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so Real Ghostbuster is very cool. Also happening today as we record this, WonderCon in Anaheim is happening, and the Anovos people are out there. Uh, showing off their prototype of the proton pack that they have already done pre-sales on. Um, I know a lot of people are saying, I already I pre-ordered this thing. Where the crap is it? And we've gotten answers because uh, the Innovos people are showing off the pack. It's very modular. It's very cool. Everything kind of like clicks into place. Um, that was really awesome uh, and also unexpected. I didn't realize that they were going to have the ion arm that you could plug into the pack. And very, very cool the way that they're building this. Um, but what they have told people, and I think it was the Southland Ghostbusters on the Ghost Core feed uh, were able to get to the bottom of, they decided after they did their prototype, they went and they took a look at a screen-used proton pack and decided, oh, we're going to make some changes and, and do a few things. And then uh, just today, as the Southland and the Southern California Ghostbusters, because Joe Luna was hosting the the live feed, uh, they were saying that they took a look at the packs that those guys had, and they're even making some more notes and some more changes. So they're really, they're really refining this pack and trying to make it the best that it possibly can be. And it makes sense. It was very expensive. I know a lot of people are uh, on a payment plan system because this thing is so uh, expensive. Yeah. So it, it, it makes a lot of sense as to why it hasn't shipped yet, because they want to make sure it's right before it's shipped out. And uh, I, I, I can appreciate that. I mean, I know that, uh, especially when you drop that much money, you really want something to show up right away. But, uh, you know, I, I think at the same time, you'll be happier with the result when you actually get it. Uh, it the, the, the weight will be worth it. That's that's kind of the impression that I'm getting from it. I, I unfortunately did not pre-order one, uh, but I do have a couple of those patches on the way. Those are back up for sale. So, uh, we talked, I don't know, it's probably a good dozen episodes ago about those no ghost patches. And, uh, Chris, our conversation talked me into, uh, buying two of them. So I have to <laughs> have two oh, of them on the way go. right now. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a Novos. Uh, what else do we have here, Chris? Um, oh, well, we'll, we'll save this, this one, uh, for the last, let's come back to that. William Murray golf. Let's talk about that when they have a Ghostbusters theme polo that's coming out soon. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I still have not gotten the, my hands the, on any of their stuff, but 
this is a this is your uh, 2016 ball cap, isn't it? This really is. This is my this is I've, my I've whale, my you've, white whale. You've you've mentioned it a few times that you want uh, uh you know a uh, a uh, uh, Bill Murray polo shirt of some uh, sort here. I mean, I'm also I'm hoping that if we mention them enough times, maybe someone will catch wind of it and be like, hey, those guys have mentioned William yeah. Murray Golf. Visit WilliamMurrayGolf.com. Yeah. Sort yeah. of like how many times I called out Paul Feig to <laughs> send me one of those hats, and it totally <laughs> it, worked. It never happened, and no. I totally got one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, William Murray Golf, they've got cool stuff that is completely unobtainable. Sorry, everybody. But oh. there will be a Ghostbusters themed polo. It looks really cool. Uh, Spook Central, our, our good friend, old friend Paul, has an interview with the graffiti artist who did the Ghostbusters Answer the Call soundtrack album art. Uh, her name yeah. is Annie Stoll. Um, great, great interview. She talks about the reasons that the uh, CD art is different than the digital release art uh, and the. The vinyl has a whole bunch of cool stuff in the liner notes uh, that she did. Uh, it's it's a great interview. Um, yeah. Hit up hit up Paul's website. I mean, Paul Paul in general has just a great site that, that yeah. warrants going and, and losing yourself in. We've kind of talked about this before. Paul's is uh, by and large an archive site, and yeah. if something comes out, he he really dials down into it. Like um, a lot of the uh, the. Uh, what do you call them? The fan art assets that they put out on the Ghostbusters.com right. website last year. A lot of those have disappeared, if not entirely. Well, he's the guy that he's archived them. Yeah, archived them. Uh, the Extreme Ghostbusters uh, website that Treadmasters put up years ago. Uh, he's probably got it archived somewhere. Like yeah. that's what he does. He archives everything. So I kind of. I was going to say take it for granted, and that doesn't sound too good. But I make the 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 the, the false assumption that that means his site is, uh, you know, it's like a it's like a you go to it resource. It's kind of yeah. it sits there, and when you need to look something up, you go look for it. And I'm always surprised. I always forget that you know, a few times per year, he always pulls something out that he's been working hard on, and it just kind of blows you away. This is one of them. Like never occurred to us that we talked about the art on the CD and all that yeah. and loved it to death and didn't really think about it. And he managed to reach out to her and talk to her and yeah, yeah explored great it in, interview. in depth. Didn't you at one point you were doing like, um, shooting locations things with Paul, weren't you? Yeah. He and I were kind of back and forth. Uh, there's a few of us that kind of were working on shooting locations and, uh, Paul, uh, really liked that. I, I called them, uh, uh, shot on site and he um he kind of i remember he reached out to me and, and said can i start labeling mine that way too and i was like yeah sure great go for it and then yeah um as he found stuff i kind of cross-linked to him and vice versa sort of thing and yeah i don't know that we've figured everything out but yeah um boy there were some real real curl curveball locations that i never thought we'd get that uh, <laughs> yes. it's, it's and, all on and real, like forensics uh investigation that happened oh, because yeah. there were well if you look at this photo from this angle you can tell that this building was torn down and changed and just really cool stuff um yeah like i um i mean i'm pretty i i pat myself on the back for the couple of a couple of ones that i i, I pulled off like the uh them and Ghostbusters 2 digging a hole. Like, I found the LA location that they, they did that in and all that. And yeah, said, I'm, yeah. I'm so clever. <laughs> and then I'm like, and that's eight frames, and we'll never figure it out. And then Paul and, yep, <laughs> There like, it is. Oh, damn it. Right? So, there it is. <laughs> Wait, Chris, you're saying that they shot parts of Ghostbusters 2 in Los Angeles? 
uh, I hate to break it to you, they shot parts of Ghostbusters one in Los Angeles. So I know. I know. <laughs> Oh boy. I hate to tell it hate to tell you this, they shot a whole lot of, of answer of the call in Boston, but Yeah. What? Get out of what? here. What? It wasn't Paul in New York. <laughs> anyway, not being a jackass. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, visit Paul, visit Paul's Paul, site. Yeah, Paul's the quiet librarian of the Ghostbusters community and has been since well for as long as you and I've been plugging away at it. So yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't get enough shout out. So shout out to Paul. Like shout out to Paul. Hit him. Hit him up. I think his website is still spookcentral.tk. I think that gets you to yeah. To, if you search uh, he's on EctoWeb. Google uh, Spook Central. It'll yeah. it, it'll be the top result. It'll show up. So yeah, go ch- go check out easy, Paul's easy site. to find. Really quick, everybody, I want to announce our uh, the winner of the Real Ghostbusters DVD contest. We had that uh, a couple yeah. episodes ago. You guys were really great. You submitted your, your voicemails. Um, and we would like to congratulate Jamie Knowles, our uh, RGB DVD contest winner. Uh, Jamie, I'll be reaching out to you directly to get, get those discs to you. But congratulations on that. Thanks so much for for sending that in and uh we are going to not on this week's show we did mention that we were going to do it last week but on next week's show we're going to talk about the virtual reality uh contest that's upcoming so stay tuned for that we've got a couple of codes to give away uh for that we'll also put it out there on the social media um all right and then i think we're into ghostbusters 101 here so before we enter the cyclotron um ghostbusters 101 is sold out and i think that merits uh, a little bit of uh, of recognition way to go guys that first printing is completely sold out they're gonna have to go to a second print um and it's uh it's on the way i don't know that there's a release date for the second printing yet but it's probably coming pretty quickly here but it will have a cover by mr eric burnham himself it's that uh like scooby-doo uh batman the animated series uh like t- a title chapter uh, heading that's actually inside the book. That's it makes a great cover. It's really cool. Yeah, second printings and third printings don't take too long because yeah. that they want to keep the demand moving. You know, sooner. Strike while the iron's hot is is applied um, uh, perfectly in these situations. Yeah. So if it came out last week. Then yeah, I, I suspect we'll see the reprints in probably the next week or two. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully right around the corner, which is a good thing because the bad news is that issue number two, uh, much as we experienced with uh, this one and with a couple of the international and the 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 annual itself, uh, Diamond is is shifting release dates and it's getting kind of maddening. It's not just uh, this title; it's a lot of other titles. But so now issue two is scheduled to come out on May third. Uh, that is, as of this recording, it might change again, <laughs> unfortunately. But uh, so look for issue two on uh, your local comic shop stands uh, May third. Uh, but they also did solicit a trade paperback for all of Ghostbusters one hundred and one called "Everyone Answers the Call." That's up on uh, the the Amazons for pre order as of now. But you can also probably pre order it uh, in your local comic shops. Uh, that is tentatively December 19th. That's uh, the release date for that guy. So, um, Just in time for the Ghostbusters Shopping Network. Yes, exactly. For year, year three of the Ghostbusters Shopping <laughs> Network, yeah. Uh, but we don't know, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that in the Cyclotron a little bit here, but we don't know if that's the first volume or if that's going to collect the entirety of, of the issues. But uh, yeah. good, good chance it's probably just the first volume. Um, I think that's, is that everything? 
Did we really do no. it? We blew through it really fast. We did it. There's one more thing. We there's one more thing. There is another. What do we got? Yeah. Uh, South Korea has oh. their own line of super fashion Ghostbusters stuff. Speaking of the 2016 uh, hats, I, I don't yeah. know how to get my hands on this, but I know these are awesome. <laughs> What's do you know? Do you uh, remember the company name? Yeah, um, uh, Critic. Critic. C R I T I C. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's sort of uh, akin to the history stuff that came out. It's it's very yeah. sort of like uh, skate culture uh, oriented, like hoodies and work shirts and and things like that. Very cool stuff. Yeah, it's uh, very much in the same line of the whole street fashion, you know, one word, you know, fashion label sort of thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ghostbusters and Critic, and they came out with a a, a line of stuff, shirts. Um, their one thing that I love the hell out of is, um, on the, the right seam under the arm of their shirts and t-shirts and hanging from the back of their caps, they put some, uh, like a, a loop tag of, uh, hazard striping. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say people that are not proponents of the caution striping are not going to be happy with these, they're but I, I like them. I think they're really cool. Uh, a couple of cool t-shirts, a couple of great hats. Um, yeah, some, there's there's uh, like a gray hoodie that has the caution stripe uh, right down the back, like down the yeah. spine of the shirt, uh, and then the No Ghost logo up there on the breast pocket, which is cool. The day we found out about it, by that point already, the, one of the big ticket items, which was a jacket, was already sold out. So. Yeah, yeah. And available <coughs> only in South Korea, as far as we've been able to tell. Um, so... Yeah. Uh, find find a buddy that uh, is able to, is able to purchase those for you and, and ship them overseas if if you're looking for them. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean especially like this... the, the work shirts are really nice. They're you yeah, know, you can kind of get away with that being executive nerd couture. I think. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's funny because I think that one quite clearly is something that they looked around the fan community and lifted was the whole idea that a lot of people were starting to make their. Um, if you weren't wearing the jumpsuit, they would be wearing the uh, the work shirt equipment, yeah. which is yeah, like the Dickies shirt, which is that's what yeah. you uh, usually uh, sport, right? It's like a a Dickies work shirt with the patch on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, myself and I, I don't know. There's a few others, and I, I've noticed in other fandoms too, they've uh, adopt started adopting it is uh, wear yeah. a work shirt, you know, covered in patches because most of the fandoms, five hundred one does it. I know the five hundred one does it quite a bit. Or with 501st. Sorry, I don't know. Yeah, the 501st. Yeah. 501st. Star, the Star Wars guys. Yeah. Those guys. Those guys. But, uh, yeah, if, if you hit uh, Proton Charging, there's a, a trailer that they put together. It doesn't show all the items. I had to jump through to the website to see all the items. But the little trailer yeah, <laughs> shows hopefully... this, continuing, this continuing idea of Ghostbusters is uh, borderline... Um, you know, street cred. It's got some street cred. Yeah. Too. Well, it's New York. It's a New York movie. It's obviously got some street cred. Yeah, so. exactly. Ghostbusters is cool. That's that's all that we need to like. We can take away from it that everybody thinks Ghostbusters is cool, right? That's why yeah, I interpret. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, so yeah, hit up Proton Charging. Check out all of that stuff that's coming out of of South Korea by Critic. It's it's cool. Um, all right. Uh, let's let's do this. Let's step into the cyclotron because we've got a lot of good good discussion coming up here on on Ghostbusters 101. So let's let's do it. Let's get back into that cyclotron. It's been a while. This is it. 
This is definitely it! Still playing with toys and the Ghostbusters interdimensional crossrip present. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. The Cyclotron, a roundtable discussion panel. I blame myself. So do I. No sense worrying about it now. Why worry? Each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. Yep. Let's get ready. Switch me on. Welcome back into the uh, Cyclotron. It's been quite a while, actually, that we've been neglecting our poor Cyclotron. I don't, do Cyclotrons get dusty? We know that they have a half-life of 5,000 years, right? But how, how close are we to a year anniversary since we did the last one? Uh, we're pretty we're pretty darn close. It's got to be close. Pretty <laughs> darn close. close. But, it's time uh, for the, the annual cleaning of the Cyclotron. Yeah, exactly. So that, that the, the silky pipes that you're hearing are uh, the voice of, of a new addition to the Cyclotron here. We, we're joined by a special guest for the first time for the roundtable, Mr. John Yurkaba. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm excited to be here. How are you guys doing? Good, good. This is, uh, it's been a long time coming. You should have been on this show like 500 episodes ago. Where have you been? <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, I've I've been I've been doing things. I've been doing things. <laughs> busy guy, you're a busy guy. You're uh, you're a freelancer here in Southern California. Uh, I, I catch you all the time uh, with the Southland guys and the Ghostbusters of SoCal, and and uh, it's uh, I feel like we talk so much in in person and at events and stuff. And I was like, why haven't you been on the show, man? This is ridiculous. And lo and behold, here we're talking about Ghostbusters 101 number one and. Seems like a good opportunity. So welcome. Welcome for the yep. first time. Thank you very and much. And now we will begin the initiation ritual. Move oh. to the... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> it has been eight months. Almost eight to the months. day. Since the cycle drop. Uh, well, apologies Ugh. to the listeners. Apologies to our, our IDW friends. Uh, we've neglected you guys uh, talking about the the comic in a proper cyclotron. Even though we have you know chatted about Ghostbusters International and how that series wrapped up, and uh, it's it's been it's been a long time coming. I'm glad we're back here and, and talking in a roundtable format. But um, so let's let's dive into it, guys. Let's talk about Ghostbusters 101. Issue number one, uh, which we talked about All in the right. news, is sold out currently. But uh, hopefully, if you don't have it, you can get that second printing. Um, yeah. This is uh, this is this is exciting. This is you know it's been hyped as the meeting of the two universes, and the uh, the reboot meets the originals. Um, but I I thought we kind of would start with just our general feelings about this issue, and and John, you in particular. Were you excited for this? Were you nervous for this? Were you apprehensive about this? Because I have heard some people that, um, I, and you know, we we do overhear things on other podcasts and on the forums and stuff like that. And and some people were not pleased that the reboot characters were making their way into the IDW verse. Some people were optimistic about it. Um, so I thought we we kind of should have a little conversation just up front about the general feelings about this book. John, how did you, when the announcement first came out, what were you thinking about this book? I was actually pretty excited. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, back when they first announced the movie, I, I had my apprehensions. I was a little worried about how it was going to go. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, to me, more Ghostbusters is more Ghostbusters, and and if 
if anything, it's going to be a cool, you know, the new Ghostbusters would be a cool little Elseworlds tale companion to the classic Ghostbusters. So to see them uh, crossing universes and to see IDW and, and Ghost Corps embrace that and be like, let's see what happens when we, you know, mix these two teams together. To me, that is really cool. And, and I really enjoyed seeing them. Uh, crossover with the real Ghostbusters, the yeah. you know the animated version. So to have them do that with the the other you know existing cinematic version of Ghostbusters, to me that's I just I love this idea that there are kind of countless parallel Earths or universes, and that in each one some form of Ghostbusters exists. And you know through the comics we're starting to see peaks at those other universes, and uh, it's I, I just love it. To me it's it just makes it feel like Ghostbusters is bigger than we know or we yeah. think we know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like the, the cross universe thing is not really new to the Ghostbusters comics. Like in Mass Hysteria, there was the the pools where we saw all of the alternate universes. And Chris, I mm-hmm. think you mentioned we've seen Ninja Turtles uh, in this universe. And uh-huh. uh, so it's uh, it's not too far of a stretch to introduce this alternate universe uh, into the, the IDW-verse, I guess we should call it. But uh I want to do the. Uh, I want to take all the crossovers and be able to map who can cross over with what theoretically. And so far, <laughs> my favorite is Ghostbusters versus Alien versus Predator. Oh, oh because goodness! Of, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean that that, so, that would be interesting. Yeah. Well, okay, because then you've got Bat. You're because you're getting there from Batman, right? You're getting there from yeah, Turtles it, to <laughs> Batman to. It turns into it's like six four degrees. degrees. Yeah. Yeah, six degrees of what should we call it? Six degrees of Kevin Eastman. Oh, oh there you go. Six degrees of Kevin Eastman. I would love just a series of one shots that or even just like kind of an annual how it has all the short stories in it to come out and just be Ghostbusters handle all the like all your favorite horror movies. Like just right. <laughs> every horror movie that has some sort of paranormal entity at the heart of it as the villain, just drop them in there and see how they would take care of it. Uh, shoot, shoot first, ask questions later. That would be my <laughs> assumption. They're just like, that thing's ugly. Get it. <laughs> yeah, get it. That doll's creepy. Get it. That yeah. rocking chair that won't stop rocking. Shoot it. The the shortest, well, <laughs> or the shortest would be the... Uh, is it uh, no? Juwan is the uh, the Grudge. That's, yes, I think that's the grudge. what's what's the haunted house one from Japan. Mm. Uh, I know that one. I don't know. No, ma- the Grudge is the house. What's the girl climbing out of the TV? Oh my oh, god, ring. I am tired. Oh, the you're ring. the the ring. Yeah, the ring. Sorry, the ring is Juwan. Uh, yeah. The Grudge is the haunted house one, and I think that'll be the shortest episode because it's abandoned and it's haunted. So they just burn it to the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throw a little salt on it. Problem solved. The, the you know big two-page it... <laughs> spread of them walking away from the burning fire. Yeah. Do you know yeah. how much it costs to run one of these packs? That's like five bucks of kerosene. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, let's uh, let's delve into spoiler territory here. So if you have not read spoiler. Uh, spoiler. 101, number one, and if you wish to remain spoiler-free, uh, come back, listen to this after you've read the uh, the issue. But... We're, we're going to dive into it here. Um, so overall, gentlemen, uh, this was a, a a lot of setup, a lot of exposition, even to the point where Kylie makes a joke about, you know, normally I'm not the exposition character, uh, <laughs> but 
So uh, again, we're we're setting the stage here for. I think there's a lot of uninitiated people, um, and in fact, even on GB fans, I saw somebody made a comment like, "There are still ghost heads out there that don't even know that there's a comic," which astounds me. I have I can't believe that there are fans out there that don't know that this comic is is in existence and reading it yeah. as, as yeah. ravenously it's, as we are. But apparently, there's apparently they're unaware there's a thing called the internet because I can't imagine <laughs> how do you, yeah, can't how imagine do you avoid being it? on the internet and not hearing about it. Yeah. So so at any rate, so we are getting we get the dramatis persona, we get all of the the setup and and the exposition here. The teams do not meet, which um I. I've seen some criticism about uh, since the issue came out, you know, oh, here it's the hyped meeting of the minds and they don't meet in the first issue. But come on, that's that's suspense. That's drama. You got to you got to build a little bit of uh, a momentum here before that that happens. Yeah. And I I think that's right. Yeah. You go ahead, Chris. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. It was just but it's it's two teams. Uh, One team has their last arc to kind of maybe make some vague references to the other team has some references to the movie that launched them to vaguely, you know, help kind of set things up. Then they have to have enough time to kind of set up the circumstances that will bring them together. Otherwise we end up in silver age land where it's like, Oh, it's a hole in space. I'm falling through. Hey, Superman, I'm on your earth now. (laughs) "Ah." And there's the editor's note in the corner that says, see issue 115 of, yeah, exactly. So, I don't know what people want. You got yeah. two teams and a lot of look at that dramatis persona you mentioned. How mm-hmm. big is that thing? And we need to like get them all set up and ready to go. But yeah, you've got the addition of the new uh, let's call them the cadets, the one oh one cadets, and there's three of them, and then there's uh, four of the new busters, and then there's all of the pre existing characters from the IDW verse, and so, yeah, you're right. I mean it's it's a lot to map out. It's almost like that uh, that chart that you were going to map to alien and predator uh you gotta (laughs) gotta spider it out a little bit but um yeah i mean i think i didn't mind the fact that it's a little bit of a slow burn i i think the only reason that i would mind it is knowing that it's a limited series that you know uh we we spent this whole issue setting up the portal and setting up the two teams um but i think there are little hints uh kind of peppered throughout that um we can talk about in more detail when we get into like the finer grain stuff here but um but maybe is it is it easier should we go through it chronologically guys is that the best way to I think chronologically kind of, might be okay. the, the best way to do it because they're really i mean <clears throat> you could delve into any section of the comic book or any page really and just analyze it so i think maybe the best yeah. way to to do it and then have everyone understand where we are in the book might <laughs> exactly. be chronologically. Exactly. So, um, all right, well, here's here's my first thought. The minute you open that cover, the first thing I noticed was the Ghost Core logo. I think this is mm-hmm. the first time that Ghost Core has been on the comics. Uh, I don't recall it being on International uh, at all. No, I think, I think. let me see, I actually have a one of the International books in front of me right now, but I don't believe it does. I think yeah. this is the... The first time you see Ghost Core on it. Yeah, it's not on International. Uh, so I wonder, I mean, knowing, because we've seen interviews with Eric and and Tom Waltz and a few other people that have, have mentioned that the idea for the crossover kind of came from Ghost Core. Uh, do you think it's because now they're sort of shepherding the books? I mean, we we could really dive into, is this canon, is this not canon? But I think the ID, IDW-verse kind of exists on its own anyway. Mm-hmm. We don't really need to, to have that conversation. But uh you know, uh, thoughts on the fact that Ghost Core is overseeing this now, uh, that, think, that certain people have input on this? I think to me, it kind of, 
like walking in, it's not on like the very front cover, but then for me, I picked the issue up and the first thing I did was kind of turn it over in my hand and I saw it, you know, big there on the back left corner on the back of the cover. And to me, it just had this feeling. It was kind of like seeing the Ghost Core logo pop up before the new movie started or when you see a Marvel yeah. movie and the Marvel Studios thing happens. It's got this this weight to it that's like, oh, wait, this is for real this time. Not necessarily that it's canon, but you kind of get that. It's like there's there's a weight to it. There's a, a knowledge of like this this is being done on purpose because people really wanted it to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it has the blessing, like the official yeah. blessing, I guess, so to speak. But um, and then that art, uh, I also really dig the art that's on that same page. That uh, like right above the masthead, you've got the ectomobile being driven by. I'm guessing it's answer the call, Slimer, Lady Slimer, IDW Slimer, and they're tossing one of the proton grenades behind them. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I mean, not- so that that art right there actually brought up. So this might be something that I need to just sit back and like wait and see how it plays out within the story. But the that art right there gave me my first big question of the whole book, and that was how how many versions or not of the book but of the universe, I guess. How many versions of Slimer are there <laughs> that exist between all the universes? Because at one point after seeing the movie, I was convinced like that's the original Slimer, and he's just like crossing back and forth between worlds and annoying whoever he comes across. Yeah. But yeah. now it's like, okay, in the comics, we've seen that there's, you know, the IDW or the movie Slimer, the real Ghostbuster Slimer. And now we, you know, it's not within the story, but we see that there's, you know, the answer the call Slimer and Lady Slimer. So it's like, yeah. okay, there's a lot of Slimers. And I almost, I wonder, I wonder if that's not answer the call Slimer. I wonder if that's actually original, original film Slimer. Just looking at the design, he's got that kind of. That onion head, I guess, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he could be Answer the Call or the original film. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 one of those where it could, could be either or. I mean, the fact right. that they're driving the original Ectomobile, uh, I really enjoy that, too. It's, yeah. It's all these things kind of molding together, like when, you, when we did the VR thing and you've got the <laughs> 2016 pack and the original trap and it just, like, there's that little thing in your brain that goes, wait a minute, one of these is not... Oh, all right. Just go with it. Everything is fine. Yeah, just let just it roll happen. it. Um, so uh, let's let's dive into the actual meat of the issue. Uh, so we get a little bit of of backup with the what came before. Uh, very nice of Eric to do that sort of a previously on Ghostbusters for us, uh, and then the dramatis persona, which we talked about. Um, two page spread. A lot of stuff here. It's a lot to unpack. Um, uh, I guess. Right off the bat, we have our three new... uh, We've got Kate, Zoe, and Evan. They're the ones that sort of stand out to me that we kind of met them in the annual uh, in that really short story that was a prelude to this and saw, you know, how they got involved with the Ghostbusters. And they are, uh, you know, indirectly, I guess, related to Janine being one of Janine's nieces. That's uh, Kate, who is Janine's niece. But... Um, very, very cool to have them introduced, but we immediately go into, uh, Coney Island and we see the original Ghostbusters. Um, and this guys, this is, this is pretty cool. Like this whole sequence with the Coney Island stuff and the positively charged, uh, psychomagnetic slime. Uh, I, I, I really dug this. I dug the art. I dug the, the concept behind it, that this guy passed away and immediately went back and started rebuilding something from his childhood. Um, what, what did you guys think about the first the first bust here. And is this the first time that we've seen positively charged psychomagnetic, psychomagnetic slime, uh, in the wild that, that, that it's 
created na- quote unquote naturally? Did we see, no, they made it all for the video game, didn't they? Yeah, they made. I mean, and of course, in the second movie, they're wearing it on their backs, but that's something that they're manufacturing. No, yeah, exactly. In the second movie, they made it. In the video game, they were still making it. I don't think they ever yeah. encountered it. So yeah, my, maybe. My question, because I could definitely see it being like a naturally occurring thing, and then the follow up to that would be, how did it occur? Like, what caused it to manifest? But then my thought when I was initially reading it was that. You know, even though Vigo happened, and and I, I'm confused too, Chris. I, I want to say that there was some element of slime being in the sewers in the game, but to me, I felt like maybe this is you know little remnants and stuff of slime that's been in the sewers since all those things happened have kind of collected because here's this ghost that has this you know high emotional memory thing going on, so it kind of like congregated toward that. And then, like, you know, all of the remnants came on under that, and now they're finding it, and, and that is how that got there, as opposed to it just kind of appearing hmm. as, as a new body of slime. Yeah, I don't know if they ever explain the chicken and the egg when it comes to the slime. Does, like, all the, the what do they call it, psychomagnetheric? Is that what it is? Yeah, so, all, yeah. so is, does everybody being happy or sad for a long time slowly generate it like mold or is it something that occurs on its own and then it gets charged? I, I mean, cause they touched on taking the, the stuff that's angry and then mm-hmm. charge, you know, yeah. switching the charge the other way. I kind of interpret this one as, um, that's where Coney Island was and Coney Island goes back to pre turn of the, yeah, I mean, it's been been there quite a while. 1800s and something, like yeah. late 1800s and something. But I'm pretty sure it, it's been there for a good long time. And its whole purpose is people to get in together and having fun and all that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And heightened fun, too. Merry-go-rounds and roller coasters and all that sort of thing. So my assumption is sort of like New York uh, building up a lot of uh, negative crud from people wandering around for... You know, however long, couple of centuries. This was a this was a pocket in the middle of it that was uh, Positive. positively charged. Yeah. Okay. From yeah. from from people above it. You know, for well, decades and decades, almost you know, century plus. I mean, yeah that that's that's how I interpreted the second movie that the negative vibes were literally manifesting themselves and because like that they were becoming the slime, um, whether or not the slime yeah. was there before or not I, I just sort of i imagine that those negative vibes were creating the slime and so i thought it was kind of cool that the the good vibes the childhood wonder and all of the uh, happy memories that everybody's had for these centuries at coney island has manifested into this pool of uh positively charged you know there's for every negative there's a positive and it was kind of it was, it was very welcome <laughs> oh, that's a scary thought <laughs> <laughs> well yeah exactly there's a lot of slime out there somewhere <laughs> especially with the internet like where where oh, is gosh. the repository of twitter uh or or reddit uh negativity that's, <laughs> i have that's a couple of right. ideas where it might be <laughs> <laughs> um so uh so egon uh, quite literally pees in the pool here um <laughs> I'm I'm trying to figure, what what exactly was he trying to accomplish there? I mean, obviously they're trying to uh, neutralize d- it. neutralize it or disarm this guy so that he doesn't you know completely rebuild Coney Island. Uh, but pee what peeing in the pool is is he just trying I to think, anger the slime? I think to me it was kind of like the equivalent of when you say 
you know, peeing on someone's grave is like a negative thing. So maybe that was his his impetus. Like if I pee on it, that's not a good thing. So maybe <laughs> it'll cancel out the goodness. It wouldn't, wouldn't have been my first thought. And that's that's why I was trying to figure out why Egon came to that conclusion there. Uh, but uh, but it does cause it to explode. Or or was it was it the pee that caused it to explode? Or was I it? I think it uh, was the grenade. The I grenade. Think he peed in yeah, it, and true. it was like that's not effective. And then they threw a grenade in it. <laughs> um, the other thing that I forgot until I'm just now flipping through the pages again is uh, when when they want to neutralize the slime, he immediately punches Ray in the face. <laughs> I think Egon's just got some issues after what happened to him in International. Yeah. I think he's a little off. <laughs> I, you know, technically he died for the whatever this is now, the third time, the fourth time. Yeah, maybe he's got a little little aggro rage that's building in there. Then again, the other theory I had, going back to Ghostbusters 2, so he ends International and they're going out on a call and, and he's smiling and, and he's like, no, I just feel really good. It's good to be back. He, maybe when he feels really good, that's when he's like, it's time to shake things up and experiment. Because in Ghostbusters 2, Dana kissed him and he felt really good. And his first instinct was, let's take away the puppy. <laughs> that's, he can. He always has to be completely evened out. So anything that yeah. is a high, again, for every negative, there's a positive. He's got to cancel stuff out. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I mean, again, I think... The writing style here, uh, again, indicative of everything that Eric does for the book. Uh, that very quick, punchy humor is, is what I really love about it. And, you know, uh, as, as soon as he says, uh, it's going to be easier to transport. And then there's the crack in the face. That's just, it's great comedic <laughs> timing. For a comic book, it's great comedic timing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, should we... I, I think because we're kind of at what I think might be an Easter egg here, as opposed to coming back and going through all of the Easter eggs, uh, as they trap the ghost, is that is that Teddy Ruxpin? Or am I just reading too much? In it? Because I know it's Dan, and I'm now immediately looking for like 80s ties. It looks like a Teddy Ruxpin face. Uh, yeah. the, the dress is a little old school, but it kind of looks like, like a bowler face. hat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I thought again, because it's Dan, I thought it might be (laughs) be (laughs) worth mentioning there. Um, all right. And then, so moving on, uh, the explosion here that, uh, causes havoc with Peacock later, but, uh, the asparagus joke, very funny. Um, (laughs) so I think let's, uh, is there anything, I think we skip ahead here. You know, there's, there's the sequence where, uh, Peck is, talking to another government agent here and this is he's on the other side of the table for the first time being shut down by the government uh and there's a couple easter eggs in in there too yeah a couple easter eggs i mean the one that immediately stands out to me is the nixon uh portrait (laughs) (laughs) the nixon presidential portrait the white house portrait yes Mm -hmm. what else is it the the portraits that are in it's like that uh there's the double panel here i'm trying to trying to see the lady in the yellow out. dress I can't yeah who i was gonna that say is. michael tanaka is gonna have to fill us in on that one because yeah. that's quite obviously somebody and we don't quite <laughs> oh, get you who know what is. i have mr michael tanaka and because he is so diligent has already posted all of his stuff up to gb fans oh. and i pulled it i pulled it down knowing that we'd be like oh man if only michael were here and he <laughs> can be here by proxy uh all right, well, so don't, don't spoil too much well no spoil it but uh let me let me take my stabs first. Okay, take your stabs. Stabby stabs. 
Yeah. But I, 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 don't, I don't know about the, the woman in yellow, so... I don't think... He, it doesn't look like he calls those out as well. Okay. On the wall, framed like, my assumption is it's somebody that Dan knows. I, I think that that would make sense that that's a that's a, a Dan uh, cameo there. Yeah, he, he he slipped his mom in there or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what else? What else you got? Do, are you the newspaper articles? Is that something? That... I think so. Yeah, those were pretty funny. I think the B wasn't the BUFO the name of the organization he was a part of in the cartoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. When he when he comes back and he tries to he tries to get Slimer, uh, EPA to Bufo to Peacock. Peacock. So apparently he <laughs> can't work at any any jobs unless uh, it's an acronym. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah, Bufo uh, hires Peck and Hardemeyer. So Hardemeyer, that's it. Like Hardemeyer gets a, a shout out there. Mm-hmm. Bufo, what does Mr. Uh, Michael Tanaka here say about that? Framed accolades of two Pacific Monthly articles, the Bufo Award. Oh, okay, that's that's later here. All right. It's a frog. No, that's not right. Oh, my God. And then, okay, EPA bo- busts ghost catchers. Uh, oh, all right, so Bufo. And then underneath, this is, this is one from uh, Mr. Michael T. Do you have this, uh, Chris? The, uh, the award that's underneath the Bufo award. Uh, sorry, I just confirmed. Yeah, Bufo. It's in the. Oh wiki, wow, that's so. really tiny. That's it's just really tiny. I had to pull it up the on the what? digital version here. So underneath, there's the plaque underneath Bufo that says, you know, Bufo Walter Peck. He's got the award that's kind of gold. Yeah. Uh, and then very very tiny. Uh, quite literally. <laughs> yeah. It's on the it's on the edge of too blurry to see, but I guess yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so again, for those who don't have the digital, I think again this this always merits buying the print and the digital copy just so you can always zoom in and enhance all of the stuff that Dan puts in there. But uh, there's an award for <laughs> Wally Wick in there, which uh, yeah. you know the uh, the the TV edit to uh, censor out Dickless, which I th- <laughs> I've always really enjoyed. Um, and then I think. Is there anything else Easter egg wise in these? In not on that page. Okay. Yeah, I think that covers it. But uh, it starts ramping up pretty heavy now. It definitely does. Uh, so, all right. So we turn the page and we are into Ghostbusters headquarters. And of course, anytime we're in headquarters or people's apartments, that's when Dan loves to go crazy with stuff. Right. Uh, okay. Now, can I ask you, as the keeper of the the Tanaka portfolio? Yes. Uh, okay. So the the yellow thing is that something? The yellow, it's like right, the container? It's second, second pan on the top. bottom shelf. Yeah. Uh, it looks it, too specific. Or it looks Dan very just... specific, and and uh, Michael does not okay. call it out. All right. Then yeah. I'm going to move on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, the table. The table. Also, this so, is the one that you, uh, you immediately called out as soon as you read the, uh, the oh, issue. Yes. This, this, this table really got you, Chris. Uh, well, cue balls, because the pool table seems to you know, feature all over the fire hall one way or another. Uh, Slinky, uh, part of a slinky straightened. (laughs) Part of it is straightened Uh, out. Part of it is straightened out. Uh, the dancing toaster is referenced back. Yep. Yeah. On the table, second panel, bottom table behind them, the, uh, the magazine with ghostbusters of the year. Right. Right. From uh, the real ghostbusters. Yeah. Which is a real, uh, head twist. Um, 
top right, I can't quite figure out what it is. Is it the, the boogeyman? Yeah, I think that's the boogeyman. Yeah, it's like a character reference drawing of the boogeyman. Oh, that's yeah. On the, the drawing table there. Um, <clears throat> next one down, Dan's favorite is slipping in um, a real Ghostbusters toys. So there's <laughs> the, uh, what is it? The, um, dang, nabbit. I can't remember which one that is. It's one of the slime toys. This is, uh, Michael calls it out as the ectoplasm box. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. just the regular ectoplasm. So it's a sales box for the, yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know what the, the, the board game box is in front of it, though. It looks like it says Spiffies or something yeah. like that. Oh, you know, it's, I, think like it's, I think it's, I think it's, so as not to get Dan in trouble, I think those are supposed to be Twinkies. I think that's the Twinkie logo, <laughs> but they're called Spiffies. Okay. Yeah. Very equivalent. nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well done. Uh, if you go over to the far right of it, yep. um, one of the glow-in-the-dark uh, uh, record, uh, whatever they call it. Yeah, the record vinyl day record, yeah, World record vinyl store day, day or, or whatever it was. Yeah. Record store day. Uh, one of the glow-in-the-dark reissues of the soundtrack is, yeah. is there. Very cool. Um, I don't know what the, the bloody beer is, though. Yeah, bloody... The can of bloody. And knowing Dan, that spindle is probably something too. That's <laughs> that's got to be something quite from possibly. somewhere. Yeah, uh, it's probably a Dan joke that we don't quite get because there's one behind what's his name's elbow on the bottom panel too. The yeah, so it might be one of his uh, uh, in-universe IP safe uh, products. Yeah, but uh, bloody beer. Yeah, there's that. Um. Moving right along. Yeah. Da, 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 well, so, okay. So, da, da, plot okay. plot wise, here, uh, you know, Ray he's teaching the three new cadets uh, about the class system, um, which comes up later in the book as well. When we've got the one one notes uh, again, this is very, very intricate. The fact that Ray is giving them a lesson, and then in the back of the book are bonuses that we get to see the notes from the class, which is is pretty cool. I, I really like that uh, that connection. Uh, but the three uh, new recruits are bored out of their minds, and uh, Kylie asks them if they want to see something really cool. <laughs> uh, vague reference to uh, Twilight Zone, perhaps, uh, but they all raise their hands. Uh, and then, meanwhile, we join uh, the Ghostbusters back in Peter Venkman's office. And this is, again, they're sort of reveling in the fact that uh, Walter Peck is on the other side of the table here. Uh, very very big parallels between the first movie now where uh peck is the one that's in the hot seat but uh but uh so <laughs> that's you're griping about the jerk from the epa that's that that line gets me um so but what ends up coming from this here guys well actually there's there's a couple of easter eggs we want to talk about those before we move on with plot here sure go for it uh so in the background we see uh peter's uh, piggy bank Yes. Um, oh, you moved to the next page. Okay. Yeah, I moved on to the next page. Sorry. But on <laughs> the previous favorite, page, did we miss anything? Uh, there's something in the top left. The, the box is something that looks specific, but I couldn't quite figure out what it was. Uh, on the first panel? Yeah. Very, very top left of that the, the page behind uh, Peck in a chair. Again, it might be one of those. Uh, 
little jokes that Dan puts in that just uh, gets too small see. to see. Oh, Mr. Michael Tanaka says that the box in the armchair is the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack CD long box, the back cover. Oh, there Man, you go. Michael, well, how do you see that? That's something... You, I think he just pays them money and they tell him, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. He pays them off. Someone sends him a list, a master <laughs> list of all the Easter eggs, and he just puts it up. <laughs> exactly. Or he's waged a campaign where it's become... They've, they're, they've been taught a lesson that if they don't tell him, he will just pester them to the ends of the earth. So they just <laughs> they just tell him. Um, I love the pig I so much because <clears throat> it's, it's one of the first details upon multiple repeat viewings of Ghostbusters that I that popped out at me and I went, What the hell is that? And why the hell is that there? Yeah. And it's right from the start of the movie in his uh office at Columbia is the the iHeart New York pig. Um oh, so that's nice. nice to see it there. Did you notice above him the poster book? No. No. The oh. the spy and Ghostbusters two poster book. Oh how funny. Which is actually not oh, wow. it's not that big of a book in real life. It's like a it's a I don't know, it's a eight page fold or something like that. But yeah, it's a, but yeah that's what it has is the, the Ghostbusters. Thing is, is really just a lesson for me to get the digital version because I think I've caught myself <laughs> twice now trying to pinch and expand an actual <laughs> on the physical page. page. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's not, it's Dan's brought it back before. He's paid close attention to the stuff. I just like calling out the lamp, like that weird, unusual lamp that just floats around the, yeah, in the movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's that little gargoyle that's behind Peter's like left elbow there? Uh, he has gargoyles on his desk in the Oh, he does? That's, that's from the movie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you look behind Egon in the background there, it vaguely looks like the Vigo painting. Yeah, the yeah. Vigo painting is just chill. That's from, from the video game. From the video game is there. where they placed yeah. it, yep. Um, uh, there's a... It, so if we go back to the, the previous page, sorry, I don't, I don't want to be a... a <laughs> pedant here, but I'm being a pedant. So, first panel, bottom right. Um, there's the filing cabinet behind Janine. Right, yeah, with the plant. There, Yeah, there's a frame. Do you see the frame picture? Yes. Again, it's too blurry to tell, but it's a shape of something that I feel like we should know, because if you go to the next page, you see it. Second panel, uh, behind Janine. Like, he actually made a point of remembering to dry it in its position so yeah dan's been paying attention to it and when dan pays attention to stuff does it i mean usually means something i mean that's also just a a mark of a good artist remembering like hey i drew this here so i gotta put it backwards here and that's true but there's 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 some some places where you're kind of like well you could account for it that it's not supposed to be quite you know it could be there, or because of the angle, I just, we just won't bother with it, and nobody will miss it. Sure. Dan, Dan plots stuff way too <laughs> <laughs> really I mean, right th- maybe this is just me <clears throat> seeing uh, the sailboat and the magic eye here, but it almost looks a little bit like the the display that was on the Kenner Real Ghostbusters PKE meter. Do you remember that oh. like, pink ghost? But okay. it looks like it's yeah. like, kind of sideways, maybe? I don't know. Again, I could just be seeing stuff that's not well, there. Well, if Michael doesn't but. list it, the, it comes down to... Uh, if Michael doesn't there, list it, it doesn't exist. It, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It simply or does not really exist. really amazing. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, in be- between these two pages, uh, a, a fascinating concept comes up here that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Uh, this is the where I think the conceit of 101 comes in here. Not because of the three new recruits that we've been introduced to, but because Peter comes up with this idea on the fly of... 
basically the Ghostbusters experience, the Ghostbusters uh, theme park or summer camp or whatever, what have you, that people will pay money to come in and be a Ghostbuster. They'll strap on a proton pack. We'll put them in a controlled environment. They'll bust a ghost and they'll pay us lots of money. Uh, sign me up. That's I. Yeah. <laughs> I would love for something for that. I mean, that's, that's essentially what the Ghostbusters dimension, uh, VR thing is. But, uh, I, I mean, it, I feel like, is this kind of how the junior Ghostbusters started? It's been a while since I've watched those later episodes of, I, of RGB. I don't remember if we ever got an origin for them. And I honestly can't remember the first episode they were in. I feel like they just kind of, they just kind of show showed up. up and yeah. sometimes they had their own uniforms and they had a go-kart and that was that. Yeah, that's, I mean, because it, it seems to me like if, if they can turn it into Ghostbusters laser tag or whatever, that it, it felt like that would have been something that was explored in the real Ghostbusters yeah. uh, cartoons. But uh, a, a wonderful idea, and I'm glad that they've kind of now moved into this territory where uh, Peter Venkman monetizing stuff. Of course, why not? <laughs> why would he not be doing something like this? Uh, yeah. you, can, you can have people exit through the gift shop and buy the t-shirts and all of the, the swag that you've got to purchase and stuff too. Yeah, and I love the idea that you know you go through the whole thing and I would plop down my life savings to do it. But just that idea that if it's, if it's something you go in there and you really want it or you're really good at it, that I think he mentions in here, you know, if if they show promise, then we'll maybe we'll talk to them and, and start recruiting again. I love that idea of like if I try hard enough, then as I'm getting ready to leave, you know, one of them might be like, "Hey, come here and let me talk to you for a second. Yeah. Uh, I wonder. Uh, the other thing that I was just thinking too, uh, because Peck is so fast to agree with him, do you think it's a bad idea? Is it not a great idea for this to be <laughs> happening because Peck thinks it's a good idea? I I think that should have been a moment where, or maybe it'll, you know, it's yet to come where Peter realizes they agreed on something and then he's like, maybe, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> maybe this is a bad thing. Yeah. Or he changes his mind just to not ever be on the same page as Peck maybe, but yeah. Um, and, and, and that's something that we don't really get a chance to linger in because we immediately cut to, you know, meanwhile down in the basement. So I, it's it's such a funny moment where Peck is like, ah, it's actually not a bad idea, and you go, wait, what? Eyebrow raise, come on. Um, but uh, Chris, Chris, would you take your son to a Ghostbusters theme uh, park, <laughs> like the oh, Jurassic absolutely. Park experience? Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be worried about any uh, proton reversals or. It's just a movie, Troy. Jeez, <laughs> it's all hypothetical. Um, <laughs> uh let's see um yeah i don't know that's a good question i think it's, most of the public is like vaguely distrusting of them so it's kind of an interesting question yeah yeah they I, did I mean, blow in this up world, a building they, and yeah like uh well that said we have noticed that the life does attract a certain uh uh type of person so <laughs> yeah you opened it up you know you know, you're probably going to get thrill seekers and and want to be Ghostbusters, and yeah. you can from either group the cream will rise to the top, and away you go. It's definitely an interesting. Crazies. It's an interesting concept because Peter he he blatantly tries to set it up as both like a like a fun fantasy camp theme park kind of thing, but also a potential you know recruitment outlet. So I could imagine yeah. you know depending on where they set it up, the line outside being like kids that are really excited 
and maybe like some nerdier people, but then also like people like Winston who are like ex cops or ex military who are like, yeah. I could actually do this thing. I can do this and I can help you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Give me a job. Uh, I guess as long as you're willing to sign the waiver form, you're probably welcome. Right. Uh, but, um, all right. Well, so, uh, keep keeping things moving. We do go down to the basement here and we see the, uh, the ecto containment system in all of its glory. And here's where we reintroduce the portal, which, um, I think this was specifically in here for the people that either didn't read get real or the, uh, the TMNT crossover, just, just to kind of introduce, here's this portal, here's what happens. And then sort of refer to the fact that, uh, Donatello helped build it, um, a little bit there. Uh, again, here's all the exposition that we're, <laughs> we're getting from, from <laughs> Kylie. um, but uh, Chris, in the last episode, I think it was in the last podcast episode, you kind of called this uh, the the Deus ex machina. Ex machina. God, I can't talk. I'm highly caffeinated <laughs> and tired. Deus ex machina of yep. of the series because it's it is a device that has been introduced that um, it makes things a little convenient. Oh, you got to slip between dimensions, no problem. Just open this door and you're you're gone. Um, oh, yes. But uh, I, I kind of I like the fact that this is going to be what merges the worlds or causes a rift in the space time continuum or something is going to happen because of this portal, because they're messing with things that they don't really understand. They don't really know what they're doing. Uh, they, they look at it as easy as a door that Peter can walk back and forth between and go watch the Jets win a couple of Super Bowls. Um, but it's actually something that's incredibly dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I was uh, checking something for uh, Easter eggs, but uh, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's a kettle of fish. Once you come up with something like this, you, you got to use it or yeah. what the hell did you do it for sort of thing. And uh, yeah, it is it, it, it up till now. How many times have you used it? So the turtles... And then did it get used? Oh, the real Ghostbusters, yeah, of course. Yeah, get real. And then it came back in international because they had to go pick up um, RGB, uh, Egon, RGB, and bring him Egon back again. after Egon yeah. disappeared. Yeah. So, that's, so I think this is the fourth time now that it's really been utilized. But they and actually the the international is a good example of it was kind of bumping up against uh, this can get out of hand land. So this is mm-hmm. them establishing a number of rules to start limiting its use for the future, which I'm fine with because like I said, you can open up doors to another dimension. You can get whatever you want out of it. That's boring. So yeah. Yeah. Um, this, like I said, this is them starting to lay out the different rules. It only goes to alternate New York's. It's uh, you know what the dangers of it are, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that it attracts ghosts. That was, I think this yes, is a new, that, uh, implement or implementing something that they've discovered that when they leave it open for too long, the paranormal are attracted to it for some reason. Yeah, exactly. And I love that idea because it, it gives even, you know, having it only open to alternate New York's put some limits on it because it's like, we need to get to alternate Dallas. We'll go to New York and then you'd have to drive. So it, it's not necessarily dangerous, but by saying it attracts ghosts, then there's that, like, don't keep it open for too long. Yeah. Be careful, you know, look around when you open it, if you have to open it and that kind of thing. Well, I almost wonder, is it kind of a clever, uh, knowing that the, the ley lines and the barrier um, were such an integral part of, 
uh, answer the call. I wonder if this is like the the barrier in this world a little bit, maybe too, or like this is mm-hmm. be, because when the barrier uh, is broken and answer the call, all, obviously all of the ghosts flood through it and they all come right. to the other side and they smash down on our world. So I almost wonder if somehow paranormal entities are just attracted to these cracks in the, the universes or that they mm-hmm. can travel in between the dimensions with yeah um, and that's that's kind of what they're alluding to here and, that, and and again it makes it really really seamless to kind of get back into the answer the call uh, characters because they've dealt with this before essentially mm-hmm. um yeah well and and so uh you uh, you said you were looking up easter eggs chris were you looking up the back to the future stuff here because that i mean that that's the one that yeah. got me the the flux uh, capacitor buttons and like that's yeah. Dan showing uh, his other love of another property there. Is it all? Because uh, it's not a proper window for a flux capacitor. Hey. And there's a couple of labels in there that I was trying to figure out if I was misremembering, but I thought bits and pieces of it were Buckaroo Bonsai stuff. Oh well, I think so. On that on that panel where she clicks the button, yeah, there's the yeah. the flux capacitor that's sort of miniaturized and like widescreen above. Yeah, and then below the plutonium chamber overdrive, those are other meters from the those are other the meters. Okay, yeah. I was trying to figure that out because then then like like on her um, the the left side of the first panel, yeah. there's like that the the weird view like eyeball view toggle thing sticking out of it. Um, there's obviously something on the monitor, two monitors, like yeah. the little red one. I'm trying to figure what the hell that is. And again, it's just too small. Well, the eyeball thing that kind of reminds me of the, in Star Trek, the, the viewer that Spock always looks into and, yeah. and somehow and that's why it, I thought, I feel like thought, that might've been, cause I think they redrew it a few times in different episodes of the, of real Ghostbusters, but I feel like that yeah. might've been one of the versions that was in the show. That, yeah. that makes sense then for me. Um, besides the Spock thing is Buckaroo Banzai. Dr. Hikata has uh, <coughs> a couple of viewers like that when they're testing the jet car. So, uh, like I said, I just, yeah. uh, I kind of got like, that's why I was looking it up. Cause I kind of ended up in a, down an alley that I just wasn't quite sure. It didn't feel quite right, but I was kind of stuck in it. Um, well, I was looking to see if, if yeah, Michael, Mr. Tanaka does not call that out, but uh, yeah, I, th- okay. I think you, I think you guys are spot on. We have seen this before. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, all right. So then they cross over into another alternate New York and I believe they immediately go. That's the Aldridge, Aldridge mansion, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty so sure it is. They they start at the chronology of of the uh, answer the call film just to kind of ground you a little bit, uh, and then so they sort of stand there a little while, and Kylie shows them how they walk through the Stargate. Uh, a couple of of good uh, <laughs> Richard Dean Anderson uh, jokes here. Uh, <laughs> what uh, what's Gowanus? What am I what am I missing? Like when Kylie Kylie puts her hand through the portal, and she says Gowanus. What what is what is the significance of that? Do you guys know? I I don't know. Oh. Well, he he says earlier, um, my phone drops calls everywhere but Gowanus. Oh, there we go. Oh, so. there we go. Okay, Gowanus, huh? Okay, that makes sense. But I wonder what if all right. I'll have to Google that later, what the significance of Gowanus is. I think it um, might just be a random city that he threw out, just to 
to show like these are these are people who live in New York and they know New York and it's not just every reference is to like the Empire State Building or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then also on this page, there's a, a reference to robots that turn into cars. <laughs> yeah, uh, tra- Transformers, GoBots, uh, Universe, or something. I guess Transformers is IDW, right? Maybe that's uh, mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. of an illusion there. Um, but uh, so, all right. So I think let's see. Past this point, we did yeah, we, we get s- the last Easter egg in the basement. Oh, is there another? What What did we miss? The last page with the last panel being. Uh, the ghost flying through the closed uh, portal. Yes, uh, yeah. In, in the ATC, so very top. Do you see the display on the 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 control bank or whatever it is? It's got a square like a cube on it. Oh, oh. <laughs> when when she yes. punches the red button, that one there. No. Oh no, you're one page back. I think. Oh, I I just found ridiculous speed. Is exactly. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. But I'm uh, uh, on the the very last one, the the top the very very top panel, right next to the eyeball panel. viewer. Yeah. It's a blue screen with a cube on it. Crypto. Crypto Smasher version three point one zero. Do you know what it is? No. That's born to me. <laughs> that's that's a weird science. It's the military computer they hacked into to uh, oh, to to make their creations oh yeah. my god <laughs> that i saw i saw that one and laughed my ass off <laughs> i think i need to go watch weird science again why do you yeah. have bras on your head yes uh, so. does that mean that one of the ghostbusters is trying to create kelly little brock in the basement is that what's happening yeah. here <laughs> and which yeah, one do we think get- it is Egon with a bra on his head, obviously. Yeah, that's you're probably oh, right. Gosh, <laughs> you're probably right. <laughs> um, that's that's funny. Oh my god! All right, so in the page previous, there was ridiculous speed. That was something new that I found nice. again when I was uh, uh, zooming and enhancing, trying to find what you were talking about. Um, okay, so we uh, meanwhile in another dimension, and here we are. Uh, at last, we see the answer the call characters in the IDW verse. So um, uh, John is our resident artist uh, here on, on the cyclotron <laughs> at the moment. Uh, how do you feel about the art style of, I, I feel like it, they blend seamlessly into uh, Dan's art style, right? Absolutely. I, I think he nailed it. One of the things I love about Dan is he like, I mean, we've seen him draw every version of ghostbusters we know about so far, and and just in that one panel and get real where he shows all the different doors to all the different universes, you see how good he is at capturing different art styles. And and the cool thing here is that it's basically the same style that he uses for the main IDW universe. Yeah. So it kind of it cements like this is the the movie style, if you will. But all of the characters look great. Like just looking at them, you can already hear you know, Leslie Jones's voice and Kate McKinnon's voice. Like everybody, as soon as I read the bubble, the, the voice I heard in my head was them in the movie and everybody looks great. The gear looks great. Yeah. yeah, He nails it. It's a nice, uh, I mean, let's not leave Burnham out because he's nailed the voices of them too. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Particularly Holtzman where, um, like that first opening panel with her is where, uh, was it didn't goes blew up with its psychic (laughs) power. It's like, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a, that's a Kate McKinnon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ad lib style to begin yeah. with. Um, going back to Dan and the art thing, we 
the one thing I wanted to point out is, unlike a lot of artists uh, under circumstances like this, Dan has had two years to work out the style, because the minute they release pictures, every time they release pictures of them throughout the production of the movie, Dan doodled it, right? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, he was doing his warm-up sketches uh, with, of Holtzman, I, yeah. Since day one, right? Yeah. Like, so... Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that he's got him spot on because he's so comfortable with the style he's been doing for IDW for, you know, several years now. And yeah, since the movie came out, every screenshot and all that, he's been, uh, he's been looking at it and doodling them yeah. and sharing them with us and all that. So when it got, when it was made official, no problem. He was, he was hit the ground running. Ready to go. Yeah. And I think John, you, you hit it right on the head. My feeling of it too is because, a lot of artists, especially with Ghostbusters, they try to they try to make Peter look as much like Bill Murray as humanly possible without having to deal with likeness rights, right? And right. that's how you get drawn into a corner with this angular face that doesn't quite read as Bill Murray, and then you know it just it, sometimes it just it feels strange, and I feel like that's why the IDW, at least you know in in the Dapper Dan. Um, uh, legacy. I don't, I'm trying to find the word of, you know, but of all of the stuff that Dan has done and he's really refined those characterizations, you, you read them as that's Bill Murray as Peter Venkman. Exactly. Um, even though it doesn't look like Bill Murray, um, but you read that as that's, that's the Bill Murray voice. That's the Bill Murray face. And I feel like the same thing happens kind of what you were saying, Chris, like Leslie Jones, that the characterization doesn't look like Leslie Jones, but still evokes Leslie Jones. Same thing with the, the Kate McKinnon characterization. It's like, it kind of looks like Kate McKinnon, but you know, is, is just, I don't know. You, you, you see and you hear her, but it's not quite her. If that makes yeah, any sense. It's kind of like, to me, it, it feels similar to, um, the real Ghostbusters. And and the thing that I've always said about the comics is it feels very much like a movie flavored version of the real Ghostbusters in that, yeah, yeah, you look at it and, you know, obviously the, the comic books look closer to how they look in the movies, but it's that same idea that instead of let's try to draw Ernie Hudson and Bill Murray and Dan right. Aykroyd, or let's try to draw Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon, it's let's draw Peter Venkman and Winston Zedmore. Let's draw Julian Holtzman. Let's draw Patty Tolan try to nail the character and what feels right to make you think this is that character as opposed to, you know, let's draw this actress or this actor. And it's, that's to me, that's what made real ghostbusters work. Like none of them look like who they are in the movie, but when I watch it, I'm like, yes, that's, that's That's the character. That's where he stands. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, you articulated that so much better than I did. Thanks, John. (laughs) No problem. Well done, man. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Um, that's uh, that's what happens when we do these uh, late at night. I just get really tongue tied and I can't talk, which is not good when you're a podcaster. Um, <laughs> so uh, so let's talk about the fact that that Holtzman is just blowing up ghosts. There's some sort of particle reversal yeah. here. She shoots with her <laughs> her um, proton pistols, and the ghosts vanish. And this is something that was kind of a, a critique of uh, of answer the call. You know, there's that whole sequence in the third act where they're uh, just they're doing somersaults and they're flying around and they're shooting all these ghosts, but there's no traps anywhere. They're not trapping any of these ghosts. Um, do you think this is a continuation of that? Is that kind of, she's realized, ah, I just hit them with enough energy and I neutralize them and they're gone. So I think for me, because there was never 
a reason necessarily to follow up. And also there hasn't been any sort of like sequel or anything yet. There was never a reason for them to go back and worry about trapping the ghost because, you know, they carved the path through to the hotel and then everything gets sucked back in to the cross strip when they, you know, tidy the whole thing up. My thought was always either they going off of what we know about Ghostbusters. And I think there's a scene in, in the Robo Buster episode of the cartoon where Egon says non-corporeal entities can't be destroyed. They can only be contained. I was like, okay, they're not worried about trapping. They want to go through incapacitate or, you know, disperse as many ghosts as they can to carve a clear path to get to the hotel. And then if anything happens, they'll worry about it later. Or the flip side of that was they're just blowing up ghosts and they're not aware of that rule. Yeah. And so, you know, it just worked out that they all got sucked back in. Seeing Holtzman just, you know, there, it doesn't look like there's any pressure or like they have to get something done quick. It's just one ghost out in the open and she blows it up. I'm wondering if that is something that might end up coming back to bite them in the butt because they don't know it yet, that you can't just blow up ghosts. Or if that really is like that rule doesn't exist in that version of the universe. Yeah. Or, I mean, I wonder, do you think it comes back to bite them in the ass because when the ghost blows up, it goes to one of these other alternate dimensions. Like for, uh, I'm, I'm in That's agents of shield mode where, you know, you conjure some sort of mass from another dimension, you're pulling, right. you're stealing it from some other dimension. So there's a lack of it in, in wherever you're pulling from. I'm wondering if they're imposing ghosts on some other plane somewhere. That would actually, that would be really cool, especially now that they're they're playing with the dimensional gate a little more. The universes are going to be crossing over. They've done it before with the real Ghostbusters and and that kind of thing. So that idea that if you do something to a ghost in one universe, it has a reaction in another yeah. universe. It's it's almost like an amplification of of what we saw in like the Robo Buster episode, or even back in the uh, the first volume of the ongoing where they had the. Uh, you know, I think they tried to trap death or something, and and it it wasn't working out, and there were so many ghosts that they couldn't, you know, take care of, and that sort of thing. That that idea that if you handle it poorly or you handle it the wrong way, all this ectoplasmic mass is going to accumulate and be this big ugly thing. The idea that now that effect is happening over universes, I could definitely see that ending up being a problem big enough that multiple teams of Ghostbusters might need to handle it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that being where they go with it. Um, I mean, there there is a possibility we're overthinking it too, because the the, the other thing that they That's set true. up on the next page is that they haven't they haven't trapped an an entity for them to study it. Like, I think this is happening almost immediately after the events of the movie, because uh, you sense an urgency from them that that Holtzman needs to stop blowing up the ghost. They need to put one in the trap so they can bring it back and run some tests on it. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that this is after, you know, mayhem has been the only thing that they've ever trapped and he's, and he's out there and, and gone or uh, he went through the chipper, right? He's, uh, now That's right. Yeah. ectoplasm so, on the street. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I, I mean, it, it could be a little bit of both. It could be column A, it could be column B or the, the fact that they need to trap the entity and bring it back for study could just be on top of, uh, the fact that when they're just evaporating these ghosts something is happening but mm-hmm. um so uh so all right so so we turn the page and we are in the answer the call firehouse we see abby and aaron um we there's easter eggs but uh before we get to that we need to talk 
about uh, Kevin in his broccoli suit. Uh, guys, what's Kevin doing? What what is happening I had, here? Hold on, I had a I had a thing. I made some notes earlier, and I wrote what I thought <laughs> okay. Kevin was doing, and I thought it was a pretty. Oh man, hold on. I have many pages, but where is it? Blowing up ghosts. Uh, okay, it's a uh, Kevin is probably doing interpretive self-expression through personal identification with a vegetable of his choice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense. That seems like something he would do. Because yeah, I, I immediately went to knowing that he's kind of hipster. He's probably vegan or, or something, and and doesn't eat meat. And so maybe he was going to perform a play about the the advantages of being a vegetarian Kevin's- or. Kevin is well, I, or maybe Kevin is the anti-vegan, and so you know, people usually it's it's people who are really into like you know sympathizing with animals and that sort of thing. It drives them to be, be vegan. Maybe Kevin is sympathizing with vegetables, and it's influencing <laughs> him to not eat vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's a, yeah, it's a PSA that vegetables have feelings too, or something. Yeah. <laughs> when you eat broccoli, it screams. Yeah. Uh, oh god, that would be funny. He's I like, do you like hear that the broccoli scream and then he rubs his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that Burnham has nailed uh, Kevin's voice uh, dialogue wise perfectly uh, <laughs> in one small sentence, which is all he gets in the entire book. <laughs> the, you're, you're talking about after they're like, Kevin Hun, can you try that somewhere else or do that can, somewhere else? Can you else? go do that someplace else? And his answer I can is, try. I, can, I can try. And it's like. <laughs> A Kevin answer. That little dance you're doing, can you go do a little dance in another room? And instead of saying, <laughs> yes, I can, or I'll go now, he, he literally says, I don't, like, it's him basically going, I don't know for sure, but I will go try. It's like, <laughs> yes, Kevin, you can dance in another room. Go. <laughs> Have the ability. Just get the hell out of here. Um, but that, yeah. but that, that fantastic, optimistic voice of, I can try. Uh, I can try. And I lo- he's like, he's walking <laughs> like an Egyptian. He's doing airplane arms. He's kind of doing the thriller <laughs> dance. Like, I just yeah. have no idea what is happening here. Um, so, uh, also making a cameo appearance here is uh, Mike Hat for the first time. First we, visual appearance of Mike Hat. Michael him. Hat, yes. Uh, is he wearing a hat he's actually wearing a hat or is he wearing wearing goggles it looks like he's wearing Uh, yeah a hat and sunglasses oh yeah he's wearing sunglasses that's what it is (laughs) that is quite quite obviously the coolest dog ever yeah it seems seems about right uh (laughs) any other easter eggs besides uh michael hat in here yeah on this page there's the the nutcracker uh in the background yeah you can see that in the back there a little bit um Nothing that jumped out at me, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing the the chalkboard. You can't really see what's on the chalkboard. No. Um, I'm all eyes are drawn to Kevin here, basically. <laughs> um, Kevin, or if if you're looking around, a dog yeah, in a hat, exactly, a dog in wearing a hat. sunglasses. Uh, and then on the page previous, there wasn't anything either, right? And I'm just flipping back to. No, not to that see. I saw. I think okay. I think the cool thing about bringing in the answer the call universe is it's. It's fresh. It doesn't have, you know, two movies, a cartoon series, comic books from the past and all that kind of stuff that you can stuff Easter eggs in. So you're you, like when you go into it, if you've seen the movie, that's that's all there is to go into it. Yeah. With. So not that I wouldn't love to see more Easter eggs, but the fact that this is kind of establishing the universe further and you're seeing it grow right in front of you. That's that's fun to me to kind of take this new fresh version of Ghostbusters and mix it up with this 
you know, storied, lore-filled version that we all kind of know by heart to one degree or another and see how it all mixes up. Yeah, yeah. And when it's a clean slate for, for the creative team on the book, too, that they can mm-hmm. they can make their own way here. And uh, and also, Dan probably doesn't have to spend as much time on every pan- panel yeah. drawing in <laughs> all like, the nope, stuff that he wants to hide. just a chalkboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you say that like Dan's having his arm twisted to do it, when we all know for a fact <laughs> Dan just can't be stopped is what it comes yeah. down yeah, and, to. Yeah, and we saw that in the annual. Uh, the When Eric and Dan show up in the diner, they make their cameo appearance, and uh, Dan is running from all of the real Ghostbusters ghosts, uh, <laughs> saying, like, it doesn't need to be accurate, or, oh, I can't remember, I'm paraphrasing, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, John. I, I dig that. I think that it's going to be fun to see these guys mold uh, into, much in the way that we've seen the extreme Ghostbusters like Kylie and, and Eduardo, uh, and and maybe even Roland. We're still talking, I mean, we haven't even talked about that cover where Roland appears, and we have confirmed that that character's name is Roland, but he may or may not be one and the same. I feel like there was, and I can't remember where I read it, I thought maybe it was in the Dramatis Personae in the beginning, but I feel like somewhere in something related to ghostbusters 101 the name garrett was mentioned like somebody's friend named garrett i might be wrong but i feel like maybe they might be building toward getting the whole extreme team in but i could be making that up i don't know yeah Yeah, i I, that might that might make sense because i I think there was there was an interview somewhere where they were talking about roland and garrett yeah and, and and i think eric or dan wanted them to be the extreme ghostbusters characters or Oh shoot! Now I'm just I I'm just trying to recall stuff <laughs> on the air and it's just not working out. But um, so but uh, so Easter eggs there is like right before the 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 to be continued stamp comes and the the comic comes to an end. Um, there are a ton of Easter eggs in one panel. <clears throat> this was uh, this <clears throat> was Dan's tour de force of Easter eggs here. Uh, so there's sort of an over the shoulder shot of, of Abby and Aaron, uh, sort of working things out and, and Abby's talking about, you know, something is not quite right here and she's worried that there's a dimensional dam that's about to burst and they've already dealt with this before. So no worries. We can deal with it again. We're totally equipped yeah. for this. <laughs> um, but on that table that's in front of them sprawled, uh, out across the table are all of these things. There's ghosts from our past. There's, uh, Rowan's Rowan uh, sketch. sketch. Um, what else? What else stands out to you guys here in this panel? You've got the female logo that Kevin came up with, buried under the under the pile of papers oh, to the yeah. left. Yeah, uh, I think those uh, ecto goggles that are right there to the right of Ghosts from Our Past. Those were the ones that uh, we saw concept art for, or, s- or something. I know we saw those for the movie, the new movie, but we never actually saw them in the movie itself. In the movie, yeah. Yeah. Um, got a shot of the science project with Aaron and Abby. Oh, right. Yeah. With their, their diorama there. Yeah. They're Uh, real. (laughs) The female ghost logo hidden under the pile of papers. The pile of papers has a stick up note with the uh, hot dog house logo on it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The hot dog house. Um, The, the ghost from our past book, the bottom stick up note says check something, Paul, which I was trying to figure out. Check. Check it. Check with Paul, Paul or check with Paul. Chuck at Paul. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, now it that looks I'm like, in- so the book that Abby's right hand is on, I feel like that might, 
I don't know if it's meant to be the junior novelization of the book, but if you look in the corner, it has yeah. that little like public works hazard crossing version of like a Ghostbuster chasing yeah. a ghost that was on the corner of the of book's the novelization. Pages. Yeah. Well, then right above that, I think that's supposed to be Kemp Spectral Guide, but the Kemp is obscured mm-hmm. by the the speech yeah, it's bubble. Obscured a bit. Yeah. Um, the the key I I like to believe is a reference to the. Patty, did you forget your key? I just drop it in my bra. Oh, right. Because <laughs> um, I think we saw a key a couple times. Like, didn't she lock lock up at one point? And it was a key on the with one of those the with one of those tags little the yeah. Um, the photo of like the there's a clipping with a photo, mm-hmm. and then there's like a color photo. Those are something. I'm not 100% sure. I have a sneaky... If I had to guess, I'm just guessing. But I'm suspicious that the the color photo might be like um, the the meeting space for the New Hampshire Ghostbusters. They have that one garage oh. workspace wall that's covered in posters oh. uh, in a line. And they hang their uh, packs, line their packs up on it and all that. I kind of that's kind of the impression it gives me, but I can't. That vibe. Yeah. Um, and there's another photo on a green piece of paper below, like it looks like a couple people, and I'm sitting there going, "Well, obviously that's something, Dan, but we can't read that." <laughs> yeah, he had to uh, blur it out so we couldn't see it, maybe. Uh, and then that the book, book that's in, yeah, the witch. What is it? The Witness of the Stars, Witness which is a real stars. book, by the way. Oh. It, it's a eighteen ninety something. I looked it up. And it's about uh, something to do with the constellations. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which you know, sounds the, like the yeah. ley lines book is there off to the right. Yeah. Spread open too. Yeah. The map from the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's supposed to be Rowan's device, maybe in the far lower right corner. Yeah. It kind of looks mm. like it. Or maybe um, one of his schematic drawings or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll be interested to see the witness of the stars is a like was that wasn't in the movies and we missed it or something did we like I don't know and I'm surprised <laughs> let's see, I'm, I'm looking at uh, Michael Tanaka's notes here and he says witness of the stars from 1893 by E W Bullinger mm-hmm. and theorized oh it theorized constellations especially signs of the zodiac are a perversion of the twelve signs known as the Mazareth by God. In the book of Job, intended as a set of three heavenly books about God's plan for mankind's redemption. Ah, interesting. Hmm. It integrated Hebrew and Greek ancient astronomy, as well as current scientific data of the time. So, yeah, may, or, or maybe may have some importance here of yeah something to come, something in the future. Uh, a little, a little yeah. Easter egg that's a, a little foreshadowing, maybe. We'll just have to see. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so that brings the issue to a close. Uh, and you know, we do there, like we, we mentioned earlier, there's the, um, the class notes that occur in the back here, the Ghostbusters 101 class notes where, uh, quite literally they talk about classes, uh, which uh, <laughs> is still, still a good joke, even though it's uh, serious canon stuff here. Uh, nice little doodle of look at me, I'm Egon. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> I used to do all my notes, so that's I. I like that. I would draw pictures yeah. of my teachers. <laughs> um, the, so the one thing that I think was new in here to me, and maybe I just did not previously know this, was the differentiation between ghosts that are self-aware of themselves. Did you guys notice that? That I, um, yeah. 
Yeah, that was that was something that made my brain tick a little bit. And I was trying to it like between this, like the notes, what Ray is talking about when he's actually teaching the class, the opening with saying that the Jonas ghost is a class three and the slime and then everything it tells you about how slime and names and all that matters and interacts. I was like, wait, what does it mean? Because I don't know, like it talks about how Vigo I guess was a class four that hap- that formed a symbiotic relationship with slime and that yeah. made him as powerful as a class seven, which struck me because I was like, wait, so without slime, Slimer's more powerful than Vigo. <laughs> yeah, that's and the- uh, so that was interesting. And then and then I thought to myself, okay, if Jonas was a class three, then that meant that. He didn't know who he was, and he didn't know his name, and he didn't have his memories. But if right. he came back and he, you know, reformed his favorite theme park, then was it the slime that made him powerful enough to do that? Or yeah, yeah. well, and, and how does he yeah. know that that's his favorite? Th- is it sort of an auto response to his death? Yeah, He's reverting back to childhood memories because that's all that he he has I remaining. Go I want to go audit Ray's class so I can ask these questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but then the other question too is, so, so these class notes, they mentioned that with the class threes, they're not aware of their identity and sometimes just reminding them of that will give them the closure that they need in order to pass to the other plane or, or, or to move on. Uh, mm-hmm. why did they not attempt that with Jonas? That's the other, I was like, Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Why didn't they just be like, Hey, your name is Jonas. Not to like quote the Weezer song here uh, unintentionally, but <laughs> Uh, you know, just go go and tell this guy that you used to be here as a child, and then oh, okay, he's gone. Um, but- well, and it also talks about how, at least for Vigo, he formed a symbiotic relationship with the slime. So I wonder yeah. if once the ghost forms that symbiotic relationship with the slime, it can no longer be as simple as "Hey, you know your name now. Just pass on. You know, cross over." It's right. like, okay, they're connected, they're feeding off each other, they're both becoming stronger, we have to bust one and neutralize the other. Yeah. Well, and so so the other thing that you kind of bring up with that, John, that, you know, maybe warrants discussion is, is a class five more powerful than a class four? Maybe, yeah. maybe it's not it a power a structure. Type? Yeah, maybe it's just a different type. It's a classification structure, but not necessarily like a class seven is this world ending uh demigod uh it's just it's a different type of ghost and that's how you differentiate um yeah and then it even says class six like a class three a class six is recognizable but it's pretty much animal in nature right it doesn't really comment on the power so maybe it's just class three or human class six or animal and that kind of thing so yeah Mm -hmm. it, it would be really interesting and i don't know if Maybe, you know, Eric and Dan have a master list of like, here's how everything works. So that way we don't accidentally contradict ourselves when we're 20 issues later and we have to talk about (laughs) ghost classes. But I'd love for them as like bonus material to just show us like, here's all the notes we have. So we never confuse ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Their, their sort of world Bible or their world building Bible, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, although I, as, as I was saying that, and you were talking, I noticed class seven says the most powerful class. So yeah, might, and I wonder, and and that was a thing that, that I saw too. And I, that kind of insinuated that maybe they're distinguished by power, but maybe, I don't, I don't know. It's, I feel like, and maybe it's part of the, the, the joke or the gag that like, yes, we have a classification system, but it doesn't 
even make sense. We just use it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. so, which I'm like, that's cool. You, you just <laughs> randomly label like, oh, that's a class four. And you're like, that thing is three times bigger than the class two we just fought, you know? But because it's got a symbiotic relationship with something, yeah. Yeah. What a jerk. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's let's bring it. We're, we're over the hour mark, so we should probably bring things to a close here. That's, that's, what, well, that's what we get for not having a cyclotron in, in such a long time. But... Uh, <laughs> But so uh, let's maybe everybody's final thoughts, what we're looking forward to uh, the most in this series now, maybe uh, an outstanding question that we are excited to have answered. Um, let's let's kind of give some final thoughts here. Um, John, we'll, we'll start with you since you're the new guest on the show. Uh, you know, I'm I'm excited. Uh, one quick question. Do we know how how many issues this is going to be? I don't. Chris, have have we found that out yet is it only a 10 issue no. or a 12 issue run i don't I haven't yeah, I'm heard not quite it, sure. how many it is because it you know initially and i think i kind of operated off this just because most of the other mini series type things they've done have been like four issues now and so that yeah. kind of the fact that you get to the end and you only just meet the team and they haven't met each other was kind of like oh i hope yeah i hope they make this good over the next three issues and then i realized there is no like one of four printed on the cover so that kind of alleviated my stress of like okay they can breathe a little it's cool if they just yeah. introduce the team in the first issue so for me i'm just excited to see how how big it gets and and what kind of threat they're up against i think once they introduce the the stakes and the threat and they you kind of see how they're starting to build toward whatever they're gonna face that for me is when it's it's really gonna ramp up so it's it's fun to see like let's establish what you need to know let's introduce the other team let's get the the feeling of like here's all the characters and then i'm i'm just excited to to get into the meat of the story. And, and I hope it does some fun stuff and it kind of gets bigger and, and more exciting. And, and I feel like that's what they've been doing with the last, you know, few issues and mini series of stuff is like, okay, we've kind of told what kind of stories people expect with the Ghostbusters property. Now let's really amp it up and, and start doing some things that haven't been done in any version of Ghostbusters to a great extent before. And so to see, where this goes and how big it gets and, and how exciting it gets. That's, that's, what's fun for me. Cause I love watching the world and the characters and the gear and all that progress. So yeah. there's, I mean, the fact that the answer, the call team exists in a world where they're, they kind of alluded to them being government funded and not really having to, to charge for busting a ghost, but they've got the freedom and the money to kind of create the gear they need. And, you know, if, are they going to have a new car? What is that going to look like? Are Egon and Ray going to geek out? Cause they have like un unlimited funds and they help each other build new gear. Like there's, <laughs> there's so much stuff that's like, uh, just let's go. When's the next issue out? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, so looking at the trade paperback that we talked about in the news at the top of the show, it's listed at 144 pages. So that would be nice. six, six or seven issues, which seems Very light, cool. right? It's 32 it's pages per issue. Um, but some of that is things that, that they would pull out for a trade paperback, yeah. like the few lead in pages here and there and all that. So unless this trade is only the first volume, that's the other thing too. Um, that's true. It's just a pre-order, yeah. so we don't have too much sense. info on it. Yeah, five, six issues, uh, two volumes. Because that's what they do. With I'm sure. I'm sure some of that might be the backup stuff, like class notes, or if there's any yeah. you right. know, variant covers right. or that sort of thing. Yeah, international was uh, was two trade paperbacks for. 
a year's run. So that makes a bit. Yeah, that's probably sense. about the same. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Ex- excellent uh, final thoughts there, John. Uh, Chris, how about how about you? I have no final thoughts. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to it, but this was obviously the setup one, and I think you and I kind of touched on it last uh, week's episode that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great setup, but we haven't gotten to the meat of it yet. So I'm, I, I'm just trying not to, I'm, I'm trying to remain blank. I'm yeah. pulling a greatest American hero in the hopes that I can, uh, I don't know, uh, influence gambling. What was the, the, never mind. I went off in a reference <laughs> tangent there that nobody will understand, but I'm just, I'm just trying to not overthink it. It's fun to tear it apart, like once the issue comes out and talk about it and all that. Yeah. I don't want to project too far ahead because you know, as it is, I you know, I don't want to spoil it for myself. I don't yeah. just want to take it as it comes. So when I say I don't really have any last thoughts, I really don't. I I'm, I I like it. I've liked the series thus far. Um, we kind of hit the stuff that I look forward. Uh, I you know, if there's anything just what I'm looking forward to, it's more of of the same. I mean, the, yeah. the original team is well established, but this small sampling of at least five of the answer, the call characters, one of whom said one sentence, but was spot on. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing more of that. Right. And, or, yeah. and seeing the two that didn't, um, interact with the other two to have them move around and let, you know, the new voices talk to one another for a while rather sure. than, the, the way they partnered them up in this issue. Um, mm-hmm. And by the way, we blew past it and I never, we didn't blow past it, but we got distracted on other things, but uh, talking to Patty on the phone where she does the, uh, uh, that uh, McCarthy-esque uh, 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 three goodbye sign off on the phone. Oh, <laughs> where she, <laughs> uh, where, where it's like, uh-huh, bye-bye, see you soon. Like, it's just, you, no, just say bye. Just, you know, yeah. you know, you can just say it once, but no, it says it three times, which is, like I said, perfect. I think they've got they've got them all dialed in, absolutely spot on. Yeah. And I, I I just want to want more of it. So I don't care what they do. I just want them to come along and talk. So. Just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I feel like uh, I, I'm sort of in the same boat as you are, Chris. That uh, everything that I was looking forward to before the first issue, I'm still looking forward to, but. I think our discussion here has actually gotten me more excited about a few things that I hadn't really analyzed until we started talking, you know, things like, all right, so Egon, Egon's uh, in a different headspace now. He's maybe being a little more reckless. He's uh, (laughs) peeing into the, the positively charged slime here. How is he going to react when he has somebody that's super reckless, like Jillian Holtzman that he has to interact with? Is he going to, go in the opposite direction and he's going to get incredibly you know uh, he's going to put the armor up and become uh, we can't do that that just goes against all laws of nature or is he going to embrace that and are we going to start seeing a different side of egon spangler maybe a more dangerous side of egon spangler that's (laughs) that's uh, a fun thing to think about yeah just again seeing those interactions between I mean, like you were saying, Chris, I do want to see the interactions between the the answer the call characters and continue that story. But at the same time, I do want to see the interactions between old and new at the same time and just sort of see how that oil and water ends ends up mixing together a little bit there. Um, But uh, yeah, and, and, you know, uh, it wouldn't be an IDW Ghostbusters book without a a lot of cool twists and turns and um, some some good... uh, 
some some pretty good villains. That's the other thing that's kind of missing here is who's who's the big bad. Um, I'm wondering who that's going to end up being and what they're going to have to face. So uh, hopefully hopefully that reveals itself sooner than later as well. But um, but yeah, definitely things to be excited for uh, and uh, off off to a good start. Um, as we talked about in the news, uh, we do have to wait a little while for the second issue now. But uh, I'm I'm highly anticipating it. But um, all right, gentlemen. Same, well, for sure. Uh, let's let's close the doors here to the cyclotron. Uh, let's promise that it will not be eight months again before we come back. John, <laughs> you should come back. Uh, love love talking with you, man. Uh, this is yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So you should come back more often. We'll we'll get you in here. Yeah, and, and absolutely. Talk. I'm I'm here. I'm 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 ready to answer your call, Troy. Oh, and Chris. thanks, buddy. <laughs> suck up. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Prince is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... Ghostbusters! Interdimensional crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Well, there it was, the first cyclotron in eons, decades, millennia. It's been been a while. Uh, two-thirds of a year. You may be overstating things right, a little. Two-thirds but of a year, yeah. It does feel like it's been a really long time. I mean, uh, and, and as you notice, we, we kept it small. We only had to, the, the three of us. The, the roundtables end up being a difficult thing to schedule, uh, not because of you guys, of, of our participants, but uh, because of me, <laughs> mainly, and because of Chris, we can't can't get the schedule going it's it's a crazy yeah thing, but it's it's hard to it's hard enough sometimes it's hard enough for you and i to to, to yeah, get together and talk yeah. but uh when you try to add a third or fourth person it kind of goes yeah, exactly so. but uh but had a lot of fun with john uh, thanks again to him for for joining us for the cyclotron that was a lot of fun uh chris the final thoughts a, a lengthy podcast again we're we're over the <laughs> two hour mark here so uh what what do you got left in the tank uh, shout out to Ghostbusters Resurrection. Um, they're up to their fifth episode. The reason yeah. I got to give a shout out, I screwed up. I'm both going to give a shout out and I managed to screw it up all at the same time. Um, because I had they yeah, chicken and the egg, chicken and the egg, chicken and the egg. Uh, they sent me uh, a magazine. Uh, they had been listening to me complain uh, to you that uh, no coverage in Cinefix. And there was a magazine. Uh, what magazine was it? I can't. See, this is why. This is how I screwed up. Oh no! no I, was it one of the Empire? Upstairs. Empire had a, a huge section. Was it the Empire magazine? No. Nor is it Film magazine. It's it's hmm. a whole other mag. It's a but it is a uh, an industry magazine. And I can't remember the name. And it's sitting upstairs, which means I'm screwed on two oh, fronts. No. One, I can see the cover and can't see the name of it. And two. Uh, the package would have the name, exact name of the uh, the kind gentleman at uh, Ghostbusters Resurrection that sent me the uh, 
sent it to me after listening to me complain. And it's got the reason they sent it is it's got it's not a huge article like compared to a Cinefix one, but it's several pages talking to the guys that worked on the effects. And oh, cool. it does it does it does uh, tick off a couple of things that we you know never really read about or heard people talk about too much so oh interesting all right well let's uh bring bring that back for next week's episode and i'll bring we'll, it back we'll yeah talk i'll figure it, it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get a proper name and a proper title and i can tell you know we'll talk a bit about what i found in and all that but uh they sent that uh number of weeks back and uh i don't know canada customs or something it took a while to get uh, to me and when it finally <laughs> punchline when it finally did uh it's because i was tidying the living room and found it uh, hidden next to one of the pieces of furniture because uh, I have a, a tiny little help, helper monkey here who is fascinated by bringing in the, the mail. And apparently at some point <laughs> he brought in the mail and, and missed that critical component of handing it off to daddy. Uh-huh. So, Stashed it without your knowledge. Okay. They were they were starting to message me going, did you get something from us? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Um, and my fear was is because I moved, which means I had mail forwarding. And the week they messaged me to say, did you get something for us? And I was like, this is the week the mail forwarding was letting me know that they were going to end it. I'm like, maybe oh, I'll just turn no. that back on for a second. So I was afraid it had you know wandered back to the old location or got to the old location. And they put return to sender, not here or whatever. Yeah. Um, anyways, no, it, it turned out it was all that time. It was like. Four feet to the left. If I kind of looked <laughs> under, I would have known. Yeah, under well, a thing. But uh, yeah, that's cool. Next week, let's uh, we'll we'll dive let's into talk that. About it sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I also uh, here at the end want to give a quick shout out. Uh, I'm I'm not a big April Fools fan, um, but a, a good shout out to all of the franchises who, as we are recording this, it is midnight on April Fool's Day. Uh, have all changed their profiles to Ghost Smashers, um, and it's multiple <laughs> franchises out there that are participating and. A very coordinated effort so that had to take a little bit of doing and redesigning of logos and all sorts of stuff so uh shout out to all of the organizations that did that that's actually really funny uh good good for you guys um all right well let's uh we'll bring this episode to a close uh next week we've got news and uh we'll get into that magazine that chris was talking about but until then we'll see you guys on the other side thanks for joining the ghostbusters interdimensional crossrip Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. Hey, this could be one of my two favorite shows. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. Weird.